It went straight down the middle. Then it started to hook just a week. Let's move on to the major championships and, and, and talk a little bit just uh, maybe in chronological order in terms mm-hmm. of how they typically uh, laid out during the year. The Masters was generally the opening event. It is today. Uh, 14 starts in the Masters, uh, only one miscut, one WD. Uh, you played a lot of practice rounds there with Jack Nicholas, did you? A lot, yes. Um, he always liked to, to play Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, the week before. And he had a nice little airplane. And I had started, I actually st- had started to work for him uh, with when he purchased McGregor Golf Club Company. And we would go up and play Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday. And then we would go back to the, I think it was the Radisson Hotel downtown in those days. And he would have McGregor golf balls by the gross. And we would sit there. He had a little steel ring. (laughs) And we'd sit there and we'd eat dinner in the room. And we'd sit there and we'd drop golf balls through the ring, and the ones that went through sometimes went in the A bucket, <laughs> and sometimes the ones that didn't go through went in the B and C bucket. And then he'd take all the ones out of the A bucket, and we'd take them out on the golf course, and it was kind of really raw because he would hit a couple of drives like on number two, and he'd one would hit the sprinkler and go 40 yards past the other one, and he'd say, now that ball's really good. I mean, keep that one. And then you'd get on 12. You would never put a new ball into play on 12. Because you weren't sure how far it was going to go. The balls were so bad. So if you played the 10th hole and, like, Jack would hit a couple of six irons, and if the ball went the exact distance, he'd say, well, that's a perfect ball, and he'd use it on 11 and hit it, and he would – you would never put a new ball in play on the 12th tee because you had no clue how far it was going to go. Oh, it's fascinating. Yeah, and he, he would sort out golf balls, and I'd, I'd sort out mine too because we both played McGregor's. And he was, uh, he, was, um, he was terrific to play with, and I think Bruce would attest to it. I, I don't know of a, of a player that was more respectful on the golf course than Jack. Yeah, not only that, he yeah. was a he, he was a very uh, interesting guy to to like David said to play with because uh, you you could tee off and as you're walking from your tee shot down to your second shot, you could talk about anything with him. Yeah, it didn't matter what you wanted to talk about, he'd talk about it until he got three under par. <laughs> and, yeah, but even then, even then, he talked to you yeah. between shots. But you know about. Fifteen yards short of the golf ball, it was that was it, baby. That was the conversations over. I got to do my deal. I think mentally, I think mentally, he was the strongest player that I ever come across. That could go from having a basic conversation about anything and then just center in on what his next shot was. Yeah, I I think you'd have to put Tiger Woods pretty close to that. I mean, he got yeah, he got so focused. He may not have had the the conversation that you did with Jack. No, I don't think Tiger so. Woods could get into another zone. I mean, he'd get into another world. I mean, what he did as a golfer is just amazing. Amazing. But Nicholas was always you'd always if you played with him, you know, you'd have to kind of go halfway up the little hill to the twelfth tee, but you'd have to stop. 
and you'd have to let him walk on the tee. <laughs> and about 15 minutes later, you could get on the ticket <laughs> and you'd hear one person going, yay, David, yay, David, <laughs> and it'd be your wife. <laughs> yeah. so no, he was be, amazing, yeah. yeah. You know, he never, he never left the green until you finished putting out. Yeah. I mean, he was... He was amazing. Uh, Dave will attest to this yeah. too. I've said I've said to Mike uh, in, in just off you know off the record com- conversations. Mm. Jack Nicholas was one hell of an athlete. Oh God, he was a great tennis player. You try to you know one on one basketball with him, he played knocky over. Yeah, he was a terrific athlete, Jack. Well, he used to bring like Jimmy Connors and Ivan Lendl and. All yeah. those guys, Pete Sampras, they'd all come and play with him at his house. He was a he was a really great athlete, yeah. Jack. I, I think about how aggressive a pass he took at the golf ball. Yeah, uh, back in the day when you guys were trying to hit a sweet spot that was about the size of a dime or smaller mm. compared to today's technology, and really, I think you had to sort of play within yourself with those smaller headed clubs than than the players of today. Am I right? Yeah, I think we were more concerned. Uh, I know I was. I was more concerned on control, you know, keep it, keeping the ball in the correct area rather than how far I was going to hit it. Yeah. I remember playing a practice round with him at Royal Hobart one year when he came in. I was changing my shoes in the locker room and it was it was a Wednesday afternoon and he had only just arrived and he opened up his bag and about four or five pairs of shoes fell out and he said, you want to go play nine? And I said, sure, I'd love to. Well, let's go play the back nine. He said, I haven't, I'll see the front nine tomorrow or something. And we, he had a local caddy, caddy in for him, and I think it was like number 12 or 13 was a pretty severe dog leg to the right. And it was a, everyone was hitting like two irons off the tee and then hitting wedges on the green. And I walk on the tee and he said, well, what do we do here? I said, well, Jack, just we just, just hit something down there and it's just a wedge. He said, where's the green? And I said, well, the green is over there behind the trees. He said, well, if I go over the trees, can I knock it on the green? And I said, well, I don't think that's a smart thing to do. He said, well, let me try. And he pulled out this three wood and he said, is it just like left of that tree there? I said, yeah, it's right about there. And he hit this three wood and how the ball just went straight up in there over the trees so we walked down to where our layups were and there's a ball already on the green about 15 feet from the hole. It was his tee shot. The 18th hole was a par five and it was howling with wind left to right. And, I mean, nobody in the, nobody in the field could get it on in two. And he hit this low, low cut drive that started left and went down the middle of the fairway and, and he just – rifled a one iron on the green and said, you know, how do you beat somebody like that? You know. Yeah. Yeah. And you couldn't. I mean, that's how it is pretty was. hard to beat. Yeah. We hope you've enjoyed this short track of For the Good of the Game. And please, wherever you listen to your podcast on Apple and Spotify, if you like what you hear, please subscribe, spread the word, and tell your friends. Until we tee it up again, for the good of the game, So long, everybody. Whack down the fairway. It went smack down the fairway. Then it started to slice just a smidge off line. It headed for two, but it bounced off nine. My caddy says, long as you're still in the state, you're okay. Yes, it went 
straight down the middle, quite a way.